Good evening. Calm Christian here. How are you all this weekend? Can't believe it's Sunday night already. Boy, those two days fly by fast. Usually I'm very depressed on Sunday night because I know what's coming. But actually I feel pretty good. I've had a wonderful weekend. It's been awesome. Church has been awesome. Love church. I I hear God in this. I see God in this. I have to say that having a more full church with kids running around and big lineups for food afterwards and saying hi to people that were once strangers but are now beginning to look like friends rather than aliens, it's kind of cool, actually. I kind of hope that the other church won't leave, but, you know, they got to go back to their building and we got to keep calm and carry on. But it's a little slice of heaven. And today, something very unusual happened in church. So the pastor was talking about communion. Since this Sunday was supposed to be communion Sunday. When we were, when our church was by itself, our communion Sundays were every second Sunday of the month. Their communion Sunday is usually the first Sunday of the month. But they decided to shift it over to the second. And... The pastor was talking from, I believe it was Mark 14. Mark 14. And he started talking, Mark 14, about, um, you know, starting from verse 12, is the Passover with the disciples. And it was also the institution of the Lord's Supper, which was verse 22. And did he also talk about um, verse 26, where Jesus foretells Peter's denial. I don't really remember uh, because I, it was a great sermon um, and it's a podcast in and of itself. I'm always amazed, you know, whenever I hear a, a really good sermon, it makes you think or the pastor comes up with, you know, something that you've never heard before, never thought of before. And I think that that's why God allows people to be used as vessels. I mean, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but at the same time, God is allowing a human person to be able to pick and choose his words to try to uh, facilitate the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I would like to think that maybe the Holy Spirit is, quote, borrowing, unquote, some words from the speaker, and maybe he's bundling that together and kind of throwing it your way, kind of throwing it into your heart. Um, where the speaker couldn't reach you before, but somehow the words that the speaker has used, the Holy Spirit borrows and says, here, let me tie this together and let me just sort of lob this into the person's mind and thinking so that you will think, you will be moved, you will be shifted closer to God. But I guess what happened was, is that somebody called out during the sermon. And in all my time at the church I've been in, this church, for which has been about four years, I never heard anybody call out in the sermon and she was challenging the pastor. You know, we always think about, okay, everybody's got a brain and I don't have to believe everything my pastor says and I can disagree with my pastor. I can go talk to him afterwards, which I've never done. I've never heard a pastor say anything that is so, um, I don't know, disagreeable to me personally that I would have to go and speak to him about it afterwards. Never happened. I've heard some people gripe and complain about, 
you know, what was said, but it's like, man, I really don't care. I really saw the good parts of it. I didn't see what your beef was. And I'm glad there's a sermon. You know, maybe I'm not that discerning. Probably not. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I used to read a story and it's like, this is a really great story. And then in English class, we have to analyze it and beat it to death. What this sentence means, what that sentence doesn't mean. It was kind of tiring. I just read a story for enjoyment's sake. And as soon as I'm done, I kind of forget all the analytical part. I just try to get some good vibe out of it. But anyways, this lady uh, now called out, the pastor said something, um, and she called out. She either corrected him or, or kind of, you know, it was like this word gymnastics. I don't really know what she's saying, but she's taking umbrage about um, what he said and sort of twisting it around to, to make it more clear. And, you know, he stopped. And nobody really turned around and looked at this person. I was like dying to, okay, who is the person who's got this courage to do this? I knew it came from a row to my left and one row back because I just kind of could hear where the voice was coming from. But I was really shocked. And then I think she did it again. And he said, look, ma'am, I would be happy to talk to you about this afterwards. Let me just make my point. And he carried on for a while. And that was sort of the end of it. And then he said something about, um, he quoted a verse in the scripture that is like, uh, we proclaim the Lord's death till he come. So I think it was, it was just before we actively took part in the communion. Um, he said the verse, we actively proclaim the Lord's death um, till he come. And then she, st- then she called out again and she said, no, 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 that's not what it means. It means this. Please say the whole point. And he said something like, yes, I'm coming to the resurrection part as well. And I was like, I was feeling embarrassed. I was feeling like, why am I angry? Or should I be angry? Nobody else seemed to really react. Nobody else seemed to get angry. So I'm not going to turn around and try to find out who it is and try to look at the person. And then I think uh, she did it again. And then the pastor stopped again. And he said, look, ma'am, I would be happy. um, You keep interrupting me. And I'd be happy to discuss this with you outside. And she said, sure, okay. And then he said something and she did it again. So it was about three or four times. And about the fourth time, I'm having like a cringe factor. Like, this is like dicey, you know. Have you ever seen some like YouTube videos where a guy's being heckled like a comedian or the president? And it's kind of funny. You know, sometimes comedians just fire right back. Like I was looking at a comedian and he got heckled by somebody in the audience and he just fired right back and everybody laughed. And I know there was something, it was a couple of videos, either I think it was one video uh, with Bill Clinton as the president. Somebody said something to him and he just looked at the person and said, ah, shut up. And I don't know if everybody laughed or somebody clapped. And then there was another one with Ronald Reagan. And I think he fired back some really funny answer because Ronald Reagan was very quick on his feet. He could, you know, like I always admire a guy who's got a, you know, uh, a kind of a quick comeback. He can kind of dance on his mental toes. It's never been me. You know, somebody says something to me and I want to up them, one up them, but I want to do it in a funny way. I just, I can't think of a, you know, the right thing to say until afterwards. My brain just locks. 
I'm like a deer caught in the headlights. And then I think um, when she said it the fourth time, another guy who was sitting at the front, who is also a pastor, uh, an associate pastor from the other church said, ma'am, please be quiet. We'll be happy to talk to you about this outside. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw a man go and sit next to where I thought the voice came from. And then I sensed that he got up and this other person got up. And what I thought I saw, because I did not turn my head fully to the left, was that she wasn't very tall. So when, we, when, this, when it was all finished, communion was finished and the sermon was finished, we all kind of go out into the lobby and our church lobby is not really built to handle all these people. Like you're really kind of being very careful where you step. You know, you don't want to bump into somebody or knock somebody, right? It, it's very crowded, which is kind of cool because considering with COVID and everything, it was bare. You know, we got down to the bare bones, you know. Our church is running on fumes. So it is kind of cool when we pray to the Lord, you know, Lord, turn the church around. And then he brings these other people in. So it's cool, right? So I'm standing, I guess, outside a door waiting for a very impromptu meeting because uh, we had to go and, uh, you know, I'm coming to all this. So we're standing outside this door and this lady walks up to me and says, you know, she's very, she's not very tall and she says, oh, are you a lawyer? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. And I laughed because, you know, because I have a tie on. I'm the only guy wearing a tie, right? My, the, my suit and tie is from a holdover from the former church I went to. And I said to her, the Billy Crystal line, which is right. Remember, it's not how you feel, it's how you look. I didn't get to the part where, and you look about us. I didn't really know if she knew the Billy Crystal line. Somebody that was standing with me waiting to go into the same meeting laughed. And then she said something, went into the washroom. And then I come out of the washroom and I see this same person now standing and the pastor is talking to her and he's holding a Bible in front of her and she, she's not very tall and he's kind of flipping the Bible as if he wants her to look at it and she's reading it and she's reading it. She's got a smile on her face. I don't detect any animosity and I think it's another guy that's with the pastor as well. So I'm putting two and two together and I'm thinking this tiny lady that talked to me is the same one that had the courage, the audacity to call out in the sermon. And I looked at her and she did not look malevolent or evil at all, but I still got scared. And why did I do that? Here's two reasons. First thing is what I read in the last Bible study that I happened to lead. It was Acts 16, verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very night, very hour. And when I look at John MacArthur's study Bible, he has in here Acts 16, 16, and it says a spirit of divination, um, L-I-T, a python spirit. That expression comes from Greek mythology. Python was a snake that guarded the oracle at Delphi. Essentially, this girl was a medium in contact with demons who could supposedly predict the future. Why did this bother me so much? 
because I had to sort of emerge from a church that I believed was a church, quote, unquote, unquote, quote, unquote, church that had a lady as a prophet. And I believe that this woman who I never met, who's still in my head, who I never met, who started the church that I was born into, was an antichrist. That she, like this girl in Acts 16, 16, had a spirit of divination. She was a Christian. She came out of the Christian church during the Millerite uh, movement in the 1800s. And she and her husband formed her own church. And the people in my church, in the church that I used to be part of, with all due respect, have exalted this person as a spirit of God. Now, why, how does that apply to the story that I just said? Well, if you have a disagreement with a pastor, do you have to call him out in church? Do you have to be right? Like, where did this come from? And when I looked at this lady, she looked so friendly and nice. If it was the same one that spoke to me, but she, like that person who started the church that I was born in, was not very tall. The lady who started my church a long time ago, my former church, was only five foot three. And it, it is said that she wrote more books than she is tall. And that Scientific America, American voted her one of the top best writers in the world or one of the top most influential writers, something like that. She's been conferred some honor by the world. And yet I believe, and I believe the scriptures is empowering me to say this, that that woman had a spirit of divination. I remember talking to uh, a friend when I first got to the church, and I said, the person that started my church, I believe was a false prophet. She was lying. And one of the things that he pointed out to me was 1 Timothy 4 verses 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. So there are people who are going to come out of the Christian church or be part of the Christian church that may have opinions but their opinions may not be scriptural or biblical. Are you allowed to have an opinion as a Christian? Yes. Are you allowed to differ from some of the opinions? I believe so. I believe that Jesus is pre preaching relationships. He's preaching the that he's the Messiah of God, that he represents the one true God from the Old Testament, and also the same, that's the same God of the New Testament. Uh, he's preaching that he gives the Holy Spirit. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament, and he seems to um, have it memorized. And he alludes to the fact that Scripture cannot be broken. The Scripture is the Word of God, which is affirmed in the New Testament. I believe Jesus is teaching all of those things. And he's saying that he is the Messiah of God. He is the prophet of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I think that when he came on the scene, all other prophets, it says in the Bible that um, the law and the prophets have come to an end. Is this lady that, that spoke today, is she a toxic antichrist? Is she a false prophet? Is she possessed with a spirit of divination? 
I don't know. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think about what I say. If she has a different opinion than the pastor or is trying to clarify something, does that make her wrong? I can't honestly give you the answer because it's not up to me. I don't have all the facts. And her final judgment lies with God. But the fact is that a person has to come into a church and is not a member of a church and has to sit in the back and correct the pastor out loud four times when you are told. And every time that you're corrected, you're very polite about it. But yet somehow you show this argumentative spirit that made my eyebrows go up. And it's funny how she spoke to me. And I don't know who else she spoke to other than the pastor. If it's the same person, why did she speak to me? Because I had a tie on? Oh, you look like a lawyer. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, I wish I were a lawyer because then I wouldn't have the debts that I have. But why did she speak to me? Did God want her to speak to me? Is there something in this woman that looks for people that she thinks is spiritual? Because the person who started the church that I came from and her husband, they thought God was speaking to her. She wrote all these books and marketed all this stuff. And I don't think God was speaking to her at all. I think she was either a very proud person or she was mentally deranged because the person that, that I knew that started my former church was hit in the head with a rock when she was very young. She had a very serious mental um, injury. Or she was such a proud person that she believes that she's speaking for God. An antichrist, as I understand, may be someone who's malevolently evil, or maybe that person thinks that they're doing God a service. Didn't Judas think that he was doing, um, did, was, Jesus, was Judas trying to promote um, God, force God's hand? Was Judas saying to himself, well, I've had enough of the love talk and the hope talk and the prayer talk. I want Jesus to act as the Messiah and I want him to do it now. Don't you think the other guys like Peter and James and John and all those dudes, they wanted Jesus to act now. They thought he was going to assume control of Israel and beat down the Romans now. And they were following him. But do you think they were ready? Hey, can we sit at your right hand, master? One at the right hand, one at the left side. So when you come into your kingdom, we'll be right there. We'll be, we'll be part of the perks. We'll be part of the inner circle. We'll be part of the star chamber. Wouldn't anybody think that? Isn't that antichrist thinking when you're sort of thinking something different than what God is thinking? Well, I guess we're all antichrist then because we all want God to act now. We all want God to do it the way we want now. We want our whopper now the way we want it. And God says, wait, 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 and be happy with, with what I'm giving you. Because what I'm giving you now or what I will give you is different than what you want and it's better for you. It doesn't feel that way, doesn't it? Does it? Sometimes to me it feels like God is stonewalling or dragging his feet or he's gone on a vacation and I'm just left to twist. But God says, I am with you to the end of the world and beyond. But the lady today, she was so polite, but she was so insistent. Do you know what I mean? Like when I saw the pastor reading the Bible, holding up the Bible and twisting the, and, re, and, and 
turning the page and then pointing to a Bible verse, I said to myself, one, that's the same lady that talked to me. Two, that's the person that was sitting in the road that I couldn't see. And number three, that person that he's reading to is the same person. That's the same person. Like as if this person has woke up from a great sleep and her job now is to go sit in the church. And if the pastor does not say the words exactly the way she thinks they should be said, well, he needs to be corrected in front of people that know him and she doesn't even know him. I'm not thinking that that person is a member of that other church. I've never seen her before, and she's, she's a visitor in the church. Did she just come out of nowhere? Did she just come from another church? Is she the kind of person that wanders from church to church, and during, during the sermon when the pastor says something, then that person calls out the pastor? Like, that's not really something you do. Like, can you wait till after the sermon and then talk to the pastor? Are you trying to get attention? So I am sure that of all the people that are sitting, that were sitting in that church today, I'm pretty sure, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that I'm using this platform to audio blog what I saw and the fear that I feel. I guess we'll see what happens if she comes back next week. I would like to read for you a verse if I can find it. And luckily I have. So maybe the Lord wanted me to read. Revelation, Revelation 2 verses 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. So this is Thyatira Church. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat foods, food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works and I will strike her children dead. When I read this, I thought, is Jezebel a, like, a, like a, a seductress? Is that what it means? And that she's actually seducing people in the church, pre pre presumably men, to engage in sexual relations with her? I thought I heard a sermon from a, from a pastor somewhere and also um, the idea that this is a metaphor, that this person is not seducing people physically, but seducing them spiritually and mentally that she is a Jezebel, a false prophet, a toxic narcissist. And it could be a man too, but in this case, you know, a Jezebel is kind of like a, a false system of worship, a false church, an antichrist way of thinking, a way of creating an alternative gospel. I guess because I spent my formative years in a church that I deduced was incorrect uh, towards the end and left, and it's caused scars, right? It's caused, it's caused problems, right? Schism in the family, um, kind of ostracized from the family. Um, I guess I'm very hip 
to people who look nice and harmless and sheep-like on the outside, but inside they're all argumentative and they have to be right, right, right. They have to be right as rain. They have a point and they cannot let it go. And when I saw that tiny woman being read the Bible by the pastors, he's patiently trying to talk to this person. I wondered to myself, did I just go back in time and see an earlier version or another version of the same woman who thought she was doing right and who started the church in the 1800s that I was born into in 1964? Did I just see that? Because that person did not look evil or malevolent at all. She just looked like a tiny person who took umbrage with the pastor on a Sunday morning as he is patiently explaining to her the scriptures. And I don't know whatever became of that conversation. It says in Matthew seven fifteen, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Wow. That is serious, my friends. I find it very serious. And maybe I am a suspicious person. Maybe I'm very left-brained. Maybe I'm very cool, cold, Mr. Spockish. And the Church of Jesus Christ should be about passion for God and compassion for people. It should be more right-brained, more relational. But we still have to be disciplined we still have to read our Bibles. We still have to live in this world of deception and spiritual um, debauchery and spiritual, um, you know, spiritual idolatry. And I do believe we are living in the last days in Matthew 24, in, in, in Mark 13, in Luke 21. I believe that's the same chapter. We are living in the last days of earth's history and if that's true i believe the, the antichrist will come and he will falsely try to give people a false peace a false sense of worship a false worship system a, a false um system that that preaches god and preaches jesus but is actually something that if you peer far enough down into the depths of it you will find at the center, it is man-centered, not God-centered. It is self-centered, not other-centered like God. One more verse, and I will close. I apologize for any my windy podcast. My object is not to bomb you with words, but to have spaces in between my words so the Holy Spirit can talk to you because it's not me speaking to your heart it's the Holy Spirit although I would pray and hope that if he would like to use some of my words to promote Jesus Christ I'd be more than happy whatever he wants and if this podcast is no good you can blame me 2 Peter 3.16 as he does in all his letters, our beloved Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, 2 Peter 3.16, as he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist 
to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. These are serious words, my friends. Take them to heart. Always listen to the Spirit. I've determined to pray more, to get on my knees and pray more. And that is what I will do about the podcast. So I do not stare you wrong. It is not my desire. It is my desire to promote my Savior, who I love and who I know lives in my heart because I feel something so wonderful. I want everybody to feel it too. I want to connect people to the hand, to put people's hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. But I can't do that. That's your choice. John seven seventeen. If anyone's will is to do God's will, Jesus said, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. God bless.